You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Well, today practice does resume. I guess they're not fully padded up, but they've got shoulder pads and helmets, so 90% of the way padded. But just quickly wanted to run through a couple things. The NFC North, I believe all four teams are off. Uh, on Sunday. I know the Vikings, eh, whatever, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But uh, some of the bigger storylines, I guess, Joe Burrow had an appendectomy. Presumably he'll be back in time, but obviously uh, one of the top teams in football, graded as the best quarterback in football last year. Um, if he does end up missing some time in the regular season, that would be pretty serious. But as of right now, that's not the expectation. Dallas seems to be focused on getting Ezekiel Elliott more focused on their offense. I tend to think that's a positive thing because I always thought he was overhyped and his career just continues to go downward. Um, Pollard, their second back, was significantly better than Ezekiel Elliott last year. So I'm very hopeful that they do that and they stick to that and they try to do that, which is hilarious because it's a Mike McCarthy team. So uh, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing Mike McCarthy run Ezekiel Elliott over and over again. Yeah, right. Uh, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks, not that they're necessarily a threat to us anymore or have been for a very long time, but I guess Jamal Adams is going to have surgery on his finger. He's had surgery on that finger multiple times. Uh, The guy has not really been a good football player since getting to Seattle, and this is obviously not going to help. So things just continue to spiral downward for Seattle Seahawks. Speaking of DK Metcalf, still, I I don't believe is signed, so they got to figure that out. But anyways, before we get into some of the stuff, and I want to talk a little bit about my expectations or what I'm hoping for with the upcoming week of training camp. I've also got some uh, Patreon questions as well as comments that I want to get through. But before we get there, we've got some stuff from Aaron Rodgers. He sat down to some interviews. Um, Some of it's just more fun than anything else, but I want to go through it anyways. It's been kind of a big topic. For example, the Nicolas Cage, the tattoo, all that stuff. Rodgers sat down with Stacey Dales and um, Steve Mariucci and gave some insights into it. And I thought it was interesting enough, so why don't we go ahead and play it? About two months ago, turn it up. Said, Man, you really remind me of Nick Cage. <laughs> Before I could get offended, there it is. I was. They were like, "No, no, it's a huge compliment. I find him very attractive." Wait. I said, "Nick Cage? We're talking about Nick Cage here, uh, Conair or, or, or <laughs> The Rock or what is it?" So I thought about doing it, but the night before, I didn't have my my beater, my top, <laughs> and I was supposed to. I was going to meet up with Alan Lazard and have a conversation about kind of expectations and focus, what we wanted to work on together going into training camp. And I said, hey, by the way, you don't happen to have any beaters, do you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, no, why? That's a weird, oh, first of all, I said, this is going to be a weird question, but do you have any beater tank tops? He's like, that's a weird question. And the answer is no. I said, 
Well, you know, if you're out and about and you want to pick one up, you could bring one by. So he brought one by. Yeah, I was still on the fence. It was a schmedium for sure. I was still on the fence, but I woke up in the morning. I said, ah, screw it. I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah, we had Cynthia sure Freeman imitate it. you on this one, too. She looked better than you did. She did a lot. I, I like the backstories to these because we, we've seen that a few different times. I don't know why it feels like there's this big elaborate plan that's been going. I mean, sometimes it is that it, that's been going on for a very long time. But just hearing how it's like this last minute thing that almost didn't happen. He wasn't even sure he does it. And it's, it's weird how it just this last minute thing could change the course of history. You know, That's all anybody still to this day, people are still talking about it. But it was, it was a solid, what, three, four, five days of just having that on a loop. Because last minute he decided to throw on a tank top. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyways, here's uh, some backstory into his tattoo. Again, maybe not a lot of people care. I don't know that it's super interesting, but we got to stare at it. So here's sort of the insights into a little bit of it. The other headline that you made, which is I, I'm a big fan of, is the new tat. Yeah. Wait, can, can, what? So there's all these... For some reason, when something happens with yeah, you in the off season, yeah. everybody wants to talk about it. I don't know if you're aware of that, Aaron, but heard, could you yes. give could you give us a little bit of, you know, background behind the meaning, if if that's possible, of this tattoo? Well, if you're not a, a student of astrology, there's going to be some weird things to look at on there. But okay, but there's three signs at the top: Aquarius on the right, as you're looking at the screen; Sagittarius in the middle, and Scorpio on the far left. I always said if I would get a tattoo, I want to have some. Uh, some representation of my godson. Now I have two godsons. Uh, very thankful for that. And one of them is an Aquarius, and one of them is a Sagittarius. So I wanted to put a representation Beautiful. of both of them on my arm. Scorpio is the sign that I most resonate with on my own natal chart. Um, and then the rest has some stuff to do with elements and some other things. But uh, but I just I love the artist. I'd known him for a while. And it was just divine timing. I was in Europe in between a couple of trips. He lives in Hungary, and everything kind of came together to, to have that uh, thing put on my arm. Love it. Good enough. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, whatever those things are called, Sagittarius and whatnot. He got those for... It, it's weird because I, I think he's a Sagittarius. I'm not positive. So I thought that's what he was going to say, but he apparently doesn't like that. I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm offended. Uh, I have no idea what it actually means, but... Offended he doesn't want to hang out with me in the Sagittarius camp. He found one that he resonates with, which, whatever. And then other uh, elemental things like, you know, he's got hydrogen on his arm or something. I'm not entirely sure, but there you go. I mean, it does look kind of cool. It's just, it's it's weird like we thought. Anyways, I want to uh, hit up a couple more little interview things. I, I just like it because we I've been living a lot. We've all been living in the, the theoretical realm. And it's kind of cool to get a peek behind the curtain, you know, especially with guys like Devontae Wyatt. Because with Wyatt, it's it's a lot of times just a matter of he's second team, that sucks, he must not be doing well enough, I'm scared, da-da-da. But there's a whole, I don't know, just, just a process to it. So it's fun sometimes just to listen to them talk and get their perspective and kind of what they're going through mentally and physically, just to kind of be like, all right, that, that kind of makes sense. Um, I'm just going to start it here. It's mostly after the question, but it was... You know, he's from Georgia, as is Quay Walker, who was drafted in the first round with him, as is Eric Stokes, who we drafted last year. So they were asking, you know, as far as leaning on those guys, what's it like? Here's what he had to say. Just watching them, you know what I'm saying? They on the, I'll be watching them because I'm second team right now. And watching them go out there before me and see how hard they work. It's just like, okay, now when I go out there, I got to go harder because my guys, I see my guys out there doing all they can. And it just motivates me to, like, get better, too, so I can be out there with them. 
So again, it's just, I guess the expectation is it's in my mind anyways, it's all just about talent and he's not first team. That means he doesn't have the talent, right? And maybe they'll teach him up so that he can get the talent. But there's, there's little things like this too, where he's, he's, he thinks he's doing everything he can and he's on the sideline watching them go. And he's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta amp it up a little bit. And you got, and he's been on the field for like a grand total of what, three hours, four hours. And that's not even close to how much time he actually spends practicing. Cause again, he's standing on the sideline. So as far as him handing the dirt, couple hours maybe and he's won multiple times but again that's that's sort of the mental side for him as a rookie coming in watching going oh I see that's that's the level of intensity here all right I, I gotta I gotta do this you know and the, the question before this they were even talking about how they they come out with four defensive linemen and you know he's he had learned in Georgia that you know you don't just learn one position learn learn all the positions for for the sake of versatility and being available and and whatever but there's a, there's a lot to take in there. You know, while the Packers are trying to expand their um, their their defense and everything that everybody's doing and putting more on guys' plates, this guy doesn't even understand the basics of, you know, the, the level of play. Here, here's just another little insight. Again, just kind of the little things that, you know, and, and again, remember, this team is showing up. You got guys like Kenny and everybody. They've been here forever. They know... They know everything. They know what's expected, and they're just kind of working on the wrinkles. They're working on kind of getting back into the groove, a couple little changes. Let's rehearse this. Let's practice this. This guy's coming in cold, but here's just another example of, of him learning stuff that just you wouldn't think of as far as um, just not knowing or whatever. Call me on the face, you got to move faster because these guys, these big guys can move. So that's one thing I had to learn, like moving fast on the field because, you know what I'm saying, if you don't – Ben out Aaron Rodgers, he'll snap the ball as soon as he puts it off his line, put the hand in the dirt. And that's one thing I had to learn too. His way is faster than college. The next week. So, I mean, if you think about it, what he's saying, you know, he, he's learned how to perfect the way that he plays as a Georgia defensive lineman against college offenses. And there are certain things that he's learned to do that he's, you know, kind of, again, perfected and got good at that uh, either won't translate or perhaps you, you, you got to figure something else out. So, you go through this process of getting up to the line, get your hand in the dirt, get set, get ready. And he's saying, you know, now I get up there and, and by the time I get up to the line, Aaron Rodgers, they run up and immediately snap the ball. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, shoot, catches you off guard. You don't know what you're doing. And you got, you know, the coaches are sitting there watching them, catching them flat footed and whatnot. So, you know, and, and, and these are just like two examples of probably hundreds of things that are going on. Just, just putting his head in a, in a, in a washing machine, you know? all the different things that are going on and, and Rogers and this offensive line and the coaches, they're, they're just going a million miles an hour. So it's, if it was as simple as a matter of being one of the strongest, fastest athletic freaks on the field, Devonte Wyatt is the number one pass rusher, the number one, you know, defensive tackle on this team. But it's not just a matter of that. There, there's a billion little microscopic things that all go into playing really, really well in the NFL. All these little things he's never thought of, he's never seen before, he doesn't know how to counteract it, he doesn't know what to do about it, he's out there just trying to keep his head above water. But uh, the next clip I wanted to play is just kind of Devontae Wyatt getting, just getting hyped up, you know what I mean? Just getting excited about stuff, so um, I'm just I'm just excited to hear it. How much, how much was that a feather in your cap? Right one thing, defense going every day with me out there. I'm just saying, <laughs> oh, I just had to put that out there, but um, I mean, being out there because it's a lot of talented guys, you know what I'm saying, with the cornerbacks, the linebackers. And with the D-line, especially D-line, I feel like we're going to have like a historic year this year. I feel like we're going all the way this year, too. That's just how I feel, and that's what I want. 
I want to bring the Lombardi back. On that same note, I mean. So, uh, again, just I like that they know it. You know, if you look at the Atlanta Falcons, there was, a, I think, their defensive coordinator, Dean Pease or whatever, was talking about how he's so sick of a culture in Atlanta of having bad defense, which there is. It kind of is in Green Bay, too, but it hasn't been nearly as bad as, as Atlanta, especially the last several years, being bottom 10 for 10 years or whatever the case may be. Just saying, you know, I'm sick of it. we got to change the culture. And, and he's coming in here saying, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. The culture right now, this is a scary defense. He's, he's, he's saying specifically the defensive line, this will be a historic year. Now, he doesn't know, but I'm, I'm just saying that it gives you confidence to know that they have confidence. They don't have any doubt that they're going to, first of all, obliterate the Green Bay Packers offense. They're not scared of it. And for whatever issues the Green Bay Packers offense may have, it's not a bottom 10 offense. With Aaron Rodgers, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, et cetera, et cetera, if, if they can make quick work of Rodgers and company, they can do that to the Vikings, the Lions, the Bears, and, and you know, the vast majority of uh, offenses in the NFL. Also, some pretty good stuff from uh, Preston Smith, but I think I'm going to leave it alone because I want to make sure we get through all the stuff that we got to do here today. I want to start off uh, again on Patreon, some training camp thoughts. So I broke this up into two separate um, posts, I guess, on Patreon. One of is one is your thoughts, one is your questions. Goose says, I'm beyond excited about three rookies. Tom, Walker, and Dobbs have surely impressed. I'm excited that it isn't completely one-sided with the defense dominating. I think if you ask the defense, they would disagree. But yeah, <laughs> at least they won the offense one day one. So yeah, I, I haven't heard very much about Quay Walker, which I'm going to kind of treat that like the cornerbacks. If I don't hear your name, I guess that's a good thing. I, I did hear at least one. There was one, I think, from yesterday or the day before, a note about um, Quay, I think, getting beat on a play or something. Then there was one early on, maybe day one, regarding getting a tackle or whatever. So I haven't heard a, a, a ton positive or negative, but I guess we'll take the fact that he's been day one starting linebacker as a positive. Uh, Zach Tom, also very excited for similar reasons. Again, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but just the fact that they're thrusting him into that spot tells me that they really like something about him. So what that'll materialize into, whether or not, you know, maybe maybe he's hit his ceiling and he's going to be a, a Yash Nijman level backup tackle. Maybe he's the David Bakhtiari replacement of the future. I, I have no idea. But it is just cool at this point. Because, again, look at, look at Devontae Wyatt. They've dropped him in a spot and haven't moved him, right? Wherever he is, DT5, DT6, whatever, whatever he is. And that's kind of where I'm at with Dobbs, too. I'm, but, but, but differently at the same time. It's, it's more about his production than the fact that they've thrust him into a starting role. I don't know that they necessarily have. He's just kind of next man up with all the injuries and everything else, but he's taking advantage of the opportunities and he's proving that he can be the guy. But again, the question is not so much, and I, I don't even care so much about the pads, especially when you're talking about wide receiver cornerback. The pads don't mean as much. For defensive linemen, offensive linemen, it means a little bit more. I don't care as much about wide receiver. But what I do care about is the difference, the, the massive gap between training camp reps and regular season football which is a much bigger gap between that and um, pads and no pads. Because we've seen a lot of preseason heroes, a lot of training camp heroes. The question is, on game day, can you do the same stuff? You know, if you're, if you're catching back shoulder throws in the end zone from Aaron Rodgers in the regular season, that's, that's a huge deal. 
But Brandon says Cobb, Watson, Lazard, Rodgers, Watkins, Dobbs. I think Cobb is a decent part of the offense, but I honestly think his roster spot could potentially cause us to lose a future solid wide receiver. If we try to practice squad someone and ultimately lose them, we are in win now. I understand that, but Rodgers needing Cobb is part of the reason we didn't make a legit push for the free agent receivers like Julio. We've never kept seven receivers on the roster with Matt LaFleur. People need to use some perspective and no GM Rodgers. Also hurt the wide receiver room for adding higher upside receivers because of Cobb. I'm glad he's there, but he's definitely he definitely impacts the roster. And then Edward comments and says, stop hating on Cobb. Um, I definitely get what you're saying. I I kind of feel the same way you feel, although... So, so when I look at it, Cobb is the one that feels like he's an immovable piece that you kind of wish you could move. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at all the guys you want to keep and it's just, I don't know. It, it It's stunting Amari and it's, you know, you know, he can't leave because of Rogers and all that. And we got so many young guys that you would love to get those opportunities. We could possibly even put, you know, Samori in the Randall Cobb spot if things weren't working with Amari and Randall wasn't here. So he might be on the roster as opposed to being practice squad, which he probably will. So I, I definitely get it, but I, I also think Randall can contribute to the offense, not in a, in a super high way, but probably in a better way than anybody else we'd end up getting anyways. Uh, I do like the chemistry between he and Rodgers. I forget exactly what the stat was, but I remember looking it up. Um, something to do with like critical situations. I think I looked it up on SIS and I said like, you know, third, fourth down, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. It, Randall Cobb was the guy. So there's still that level of trust, and 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 it is important, you know. I mean, when when you see a lot of third downs in the NFL, and whether or not you're able to turn that into a first down or end up punting is is a massive shift in the overall production of your team and the overall um, record of your team by the end of the season. If you're punting a lot, you suck. So you've got to be able to convert those third downs, you know, the third and fives, the third and sevens, third and mediums. And right now, I think Randall is that guy. Now, that might change as the season goes on, or, or excuse me, th- this season with uh, Devontae being gone, maybe it'll kind of open things up for everybody else, see more Aaron Jones or uh, Alan Lazard in those situations. But I, I, again, I get it, and I'm not massively excited about Randall, and I also understand what you're saying about, you know, you, you're, you're not looking to fill that spot because we have that spot, and you kind of wish we were. But, um, you know, we still ended up drafting a bunch of wide receivers, and it's not like we're going to draft a slot guy because Amari's kind of stunting that more than anything else, us not going out and getting another slot guy. And, and that's it. Randall's not stunting us getting Julio because it's, it's basically a different position. The only reason is because of the number of wide receivers we have. But, you know, remove Randall from the equation, what do we end up with? I don't see why a Julio would help the situation with Sammy and Christian and Romeo and Lazard and all these guys already here. So I think really ultimately what it does is it forces Amari... Rodgers into the slot role, and then Malik Taylor or Juwan Winfrey more likely ends up just getting a, a wide receiver spot. But I think he's a fun piece. We, we've got a lot of different styles of receiver, and to have a guy like Ron, Randall who's a different skill set, uh, different level of experience and, and comfort with Rodgers, he just helps in different ways in different situations, which is what we need because we've, we've, we don't have that elite number one wide receiver. So it's nice to have a bunch of different guys with a bunch of different skill sets. It's it's all just tools in a tool bag. First and 10, third and 15, you got a guy for that. You know, second and one. Uh, and then finally on the uh, comments part, Steve says, tight ends have been awfully quiet so far. Can't wait to see the pads go on. I, I agree. I think the pads will help. Um, you know, it's it's the time for the corners and the wide receivers to shine when the pads aren't on. 
But you get the pads on, you get the tight ends getting more involved, the offensive line, the defensive line, people start hitting, and and the linebackers as well. More more Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell highlights. Probably, you know, we haven't heard much from Quay Walker, but at the same time, what's he going to do? Like he ran over and tagged a guy? Is that really tweet worthy? So, yeah, I agree, and I, and I hope that helps out a little bit, um, just just for getting them more involved and hopefully having more of an impact. But anyways, I'm going to take a break here, and I've got a special segment on the other side. I've got my daughter, Riley. She's going to be doing a quick little interview. She's been begging to get on the show since I had my son on for the draft, and I haven't really figured out a way to incorporate her, so we finally got that. So after the break, we're going to do that interview. Then we're going to get to the Patreon questions, and then we're going to call it a day. But patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to get involved. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 per month. If you want to call into the show for the Packernet After Dark podcast show thing. The number for that is 608-501-0718. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next up, we've got Riley Grace, my daughter. How old are you? Five. And we got some questions from people on Twitter they want to know, and so I'm going to ask you, and then you answer it, okay? Okay. All right. So Hot Tamale wants to know, what's your favorite part of a football game, like when we're watching it and stuff? Football players getting touchdowns. Touchdowns. That's a fantastic answer. Um, Would you like to go to Lambeau Field, the stadium? Yes. (laughs) Um, if you saw Aaron Rodgers, what would you tell him or ask him? I don't know. I don't know either. If Aaron Rodgers could sign one of your toys, which toy would you want him to autograph? Mm, probably one of my unicorns. Unicorns? That makes sense. I love unicorns. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Pink and purple, of course. P- of course. <laughs> uh, 
Um, we already asked if you could ask, well, we'll ask it again because you didn't answer it. If you could ask Aaron Rodgers any question, what would it be? Mm. Still don't know. All right. <laughs> what do you like more when the Packers wear their green or their white jerseys? Do you need to see a picture? Okay, let's pause and take a picture. Look at a picture. All right, so you can see the pictures. These are the white and these are the green. Which one's better? The white's better. All right, fair enough. And JJ sent four pictures of Aaron Rodgers, and he wants to know which haircut looks better. So you got the one where Aaron Rodgers was drafted when he was young. You got nice-looking Aaron Rodgers with a beard. You've got uh, hobo Aaron Rodgers, and you got heroin Aaron Rodgers. Which one do you like the best? Hairbo. Hairbo? Which one is that? <laughs> this guy? <laughs> so it's uh, the long hair and a bandana. All right, why do you like that one the best? Just looks the coolest or what? Yeah, it's because it has like the... Hair is kind of, like, gone. Yeah, it's true. Um, what is it like watching games with me? What's that like? It's like we're doing buddy days. Like we're doing buddy days? All right. Is it funny seeing my reaction when things are good or bad? When, like, touchdowns or interceptions, is it kind of funny what I do? Yeah. What do I do? How do I act? Mm, we're like... Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite food to eat watching the Packer game? Chips. Chips, perfect answer. Um, if you could design a brand new Packers helmet, what would it look like? Probably green and yellow. Green and yellow? All right. Like Collins, basically. Oh, yeah, like the same thing. Um, do you think Aaron is a good name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, could you, do you think I could throw a football over the mountains? No way. Hey, come on now. Uh, what's better to watch, when the Packers don't have the ball or when they do have the ball? Do. Do, all right. Um, what position do you think you'd want to play on a football team? What would you want to do if you were a football player? Catch it, throw it, run, tackle? Tackle. Tackle, all right. And <laughs> then, last question, Thomas wants to know, did Dad take out the garbage yet? I did. You guys weren't home, but I took it out. <laughs> All right, Riley Grace, uh, thank you. Do you have anything else you want to say? Mm, I don't know. Think of something. No ideas? Okay, that's fine. Well, thanks for doing it, and we'll have to do it again, okay? Say bye. Bye. That was Riley Grace, um, up-and-coming Packer fan, podcaster, sportscaster, also known as number three, so... Questions from Patreon. Goose says, what second-year player is going to make the biggest impact this year? Stokes, Myers, Rogers, Newman, TJ, SJC. Um, if we're talking biggest impact, I'm leaning Stokes, possibly Myers, but it's hard to, to pass on Stokes in terms of what he's going to be able to do and how often he's going to be. I mean, Stokes and Myers, assuming they're healthy, they're going to be playing every single snap. Stokes minus a handful, but... Yeah, it's it's close to 1A, 1B. I mean, assuming these guys end up having real good years, which I think both of them are candidates, um, the impact that that would have on this team, you know, an elite center or a, a dominant number two cornerback, um, kind of 1A, 1B, but I'll lean Stokes. Just because we've seen him kind of do well, and I'm not positive Myers is that guy yet, so I'll say Stokes will make the biggest impact. Uh, Douglas says the fact that Dobbs has played very well versus Stokes and the fact that Stokes spent the offseason training with Amari makes me think Amari is terrible and Stokes was used to playing against trash all summer. Just my gut feeling since my gut watched Amari last year. Also, it's fairly informed. <laughs> all right. So, you know, again, I, I don't know. 
I feel like the Stokes getting killed in camp thing is slightly overstated. Um, but again, that's that's why I want to see or at least hear from. I know there's been other matchups, but I want to start hearing from guys at camp about other matchups. You know, what's going on with with Dobbs and Jair or Dobbs and whoever. If he's just having success against Stokes, then that tells you something. Same with Lazard and Stokes or Sammy Watkins and Stokes. You know what I mean? Just because you, you kind of start to put the pieces together as opposed to just kind of the sporadic, you know, this happened on this play thing. Aaron says, okay, I've been thinking about this for two days. The last time we had a group of young wide receivers, Rodgers had his highest completion rate and some of his best stats, Nelson Jennings, Jones, Cobb, and the vet being driver. I believe we could possibly have that again this year with this group of wide receivers, Lazard, Winfrey, Watson, Rodgers, Dobbs, and the vet being Randall Cobb, also aging slot guy. He says, I don't expect much from Watkins. What are your thoughts? Again, it all just really comes down to, is, is our theory correct? that by taking away his crutch of Devontae Adams and that desire to constantly, not just Aaron Rodgers, but Matt LaFleur and the offensive scheme and system and game plan and everything is directed at, at Devontae, the defense knows that, and so their energy is going to taking away Devontae, and if they can successfully do that, then we're going to struggle. And Aaron has to reluctantly maybe try to go to his second read, but um, again, if, if your first read is completely up in the air because there is no Devontae on this team I think that can be somewhat of an asset and and you're right some of the best play from this offense has been years where Rodgers just 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 distributes the ball and you don't know you know one week Alan Lazard will have 120 yards and and two touchdowns the next week he'll have 27 yards and and no touchdown because Aaron Jones had 75 yards and um, Christian Watson had 92 yards and Romeo Dobbs had 50 you know what I mean it's just you never know who's going to have a big day on a week-to-week basis. Could be a tight end. And the Packers kind of do that anyways, but it's always Devontae and. Even if Devontae doesn't have the biggest day, it's, it's you know, Lazard had a big day, and then you got Devontae closely behind. This is wide open, and I think that makes it harder for a defense. Obviously, Devontae is hard for a defense, but not having really any idea what you're looking at, which is the entire concept of this offense anyways. Everything looks the same, but you never know which way they're going. Well, you kind of do because they're going to throw it to Devontae. Now you don't, and it, it helps that element of surprise, I think. But, you know, just like everything, it's, it's like when I said Matt LaFleur came here and there was a whole Shanahan offense thing, and I said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers can buy in, I think he can be back to MVP caliber because we've seen that before with this. You've got a quarterback-friendly system, and we've seen it when you implement a quarterback-friendly system, but put a Hall of Fame-level quarterback on that system, the level of play can go through the roof. That's what can happen at its best, but we don't know for sure that it will happen. And so, you know, obviously it played out in such a way that it has happened, back-to-back MVP. So we got to wait and see um, what actually materializes, but that's my thought on it. Uh, Steve says, this might not be for the podcast, but I don't get a lot of live games down here in Kentucky. What streaming service do you recommend? Thanks for your help. Great podcast. So I use YouTube TV because I don't get regular TV here either. Although that will probably just be local, so that won't really work. I think there's like a weird NFL Plus thing now. I don't exactly know what that is, but it'd be worth looking into. It's it's like Game Pass, but they added in a new thing. It's like cheaper, but they have more things on it. And I thought it said that you can watch games. I don't know, man. You'll have, you'll have to poke around a little bit and see because you're you're looking at out-of-market games where I'm looking at like in-market games type stuff. So it's going to be a little bit different for you than for me. Um I know at one point I had that that cable package, which is super expensive, but it's like NFL 
everything, and you can watch like four different games on your TV. I had that for a while and then got rid of it because I couldn't afford it. But there's options. I don't really know what the best one is. I, I Every year I go through this process of going through all the different live streaming things to see which one gives me what I want for the best price. There's the Hulu sports thing and the YouTube TV and a lot of different options. And again, check out NFL Plus, I think it's called. I don't exactly know what it is, but um, it's a thing. Edward says, what's the over on Sammy Watkins' next injury? I'll set it at 2.3 practices. Well, he's got one under his belt, I think, right now. You know, the crazy thing is, I, I don't want to even take that. I, I know you're kind of joking around, but I wouldn't put any significant amount of money on him making it two more practices. <laughs> it just would I mean, it wouldn't surprise me about anybody, really. You hear that all the time. So-and-so had their tweaked ankle, and it's like, well, hopefully that's a minor thing. He'll be back tomorrow, but maybe it's a serious thing, and I don't know. It, it's such, the whole wide receiver room is such a, just cluster, and I don't mean that to sound super negative like it is, but it's so hard to figure anything out. I don't know if Sammy Watkins is going to be a massive asset. I don't know if they're just going to let him go. Um, you know, with Dobbs doing what he's doing, if Christian Watson, if he came back, and I don't think he's going to come back soon, but if he did, and he was impressive, I think Sammy'd be in a lot of trouble. Because they're looking at this going, Randall Cobb's locked up, Alan Lazard's the number one guy. Christian Watson's legit. Romeo Dobbs is way better than than we ever could have imagined. Even if we got nothing with Amari, I mean that's we've got what four wide receivers we really like, and we also really like Winfrey, who's going to end up probably getting cut if we don't uh, have Sammy Watkins. So if we get rid of Sammy Watkins now, we can bring Winfrey along, and we we like the guy, and everything's great. And Danny Davis and Samori Ture will go on the practice squad, and we'll just have to release Malik Taylor, which will suck. But you got to do what you got to do. But that'll be the group, and then next year, you'll be able to hang on to Jawan Winfrey, whereas if we let him go now, we probably can't keep Jawan Winfrey this year, next year, or whatever, and we've got a bunch of guys, Lazard, Cobb, Sammy Watkins, that might not be here next year, so not having Winfrey either kind of puts us in a bit of a bind, but it's like that with everybody, you know? It's just, I don't know what we got with Lazard. I don't know what, what to do with Randall Cobb and what we have there. I don't know what to do with Amari Rogers, especially since it's like, again, he doesn't have opportunities. Granted, when he gets them, he needs to do more with it, but I don't know. It's just, it's aggravating. It's too bad we didn't get Amari in the second round. We took Josh Myers in the second and decided on to wait on Amari and then kind of trade it up for him once we got into the third round because he was still there. And I think he's just got that third round curse, man. If we, had, if we had taken him in the second round, he'd probably be a great wide receiver right now. But we got him in the third, just cursed. And then Romeo Dobbs was a fourth round pick. He's fine. You cannot do third round pick. You know, Zach Tom was a fourth-round pick. He's he's all over the uh, the starting offensive line as a left tackle. Sean Ryan was a third-round pick. He's a rotational right guard on second team. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to disparage Sean Ryan. He'll be fine. He'll be great. I'm just that that third-round thing is so weird. Same with Josiah. Like, come on, please give me something. Let's go. Let's go. I feel like it's like a horror movie when they're trying to start the car, then the monster's coming, and in this case, the monster is is you know the end of your career. And you're like, please, come on, come on, come on, do something, please. Josiah, give me something. Give me anything, dude, please. Amari, come on, man. We had so many fun plans. You remember all the plans that us fans talked about you could do out of the backfield? Jet sweeps and end around. Remember all that fun stuff we were going to do with you? Constantly in motion. You know, wide receiver screens, you're basically a running back out there just going to steamroll people. You're like the A.J. Dillon of the wide receivers. It's going to be great. On top of just being a solid slot receiver because you're a good receiver, right? Third round curse. Third round curse. Anyways, we are super early, but I'm just going to go ahead and call it. This is all I had planned for today. I still have to record Packernet After Dark. 
We just did a live stream today, so I like did half the podcast, did a live stream, came back, finished the podcast. So I am hungry, I'm tired, I have another podcast to do, so we're going to cut it a little bit early today. But again, training camps, we're going to have a lot more updates. I'll have an article coming out um, to, today, I guess, uh, with an update on the roster in terms of where everything stands, and uh, that's what we're going to do. So you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.